Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. I may take this opportunity of wishing you a very happy new year. And more importantly, let's hope that this year will be a great year for you in property. Now we continue our current theme of cycles in property and the investment property life cycle in particular this week. Now, last time out, at least in the series proper, we started to look at the acquire phase of the investment property life cycle. And if you remember, we also had Mark Lloyd in as our guest. Now, Mark mentioned a a number of ways in which we can uh, get involved in acquiring property. And we had a longer discussion, particularly around deal sources. So let's just take a closer look now at all of the other methods of acquiring property in Property Chatter. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. When it comes to getting hold of property for investment purposes, you may recall me deliberately using the word acquire rather than buy. And yes, by far the most common method of getting involved in property investing is to actually buy a property. However, there are ways that we can acquire properties without actually buying them, as we shall see. Let us start with buying property, however, and the most common ways that we can access investment property to buy are often as follows. We can use estate agents, auctions, the property portals, letting agents, administrators of various kinds, directly to the vendor and deal sources. Now, by way, the largest source of property will be via estate agents. And as Mark suggested last time out, some 90% of all property will be marketed via an estate agent one way or another. Auction is another popular sorry, route, and very often auction properties are also marketed using estate agents as well. Then we start to get into the niche methods, which will largely fall into one of, one of these following categories. For example, letting agents who may find properties um, with existing landlord investors looking to sell. The property portals uh, are listed as a separate category as the main ones of Rightmove, Zoopla, and to a lesser extent, Prime Location and On The Market will sweep up most of the listings from estate agents and indeed many of the auction property listings as well. However, there are now a range of smaller, more specialised portals which can be used to locate investment property as we shall see. Administrators who are appointed to handle an individual or company's affairs, usually if they've encountered some kind of financial distress, such as defaulting on a mortgage, liquidation or bankruptcy and so on. However, administrators could also include organisations such as legal firms dealing with a deceased estate and probate. And to keep the list simple, I shall also include asset management companies under this heading as well who administer uh, properties on behalf of mortgage companies, uh, large investors and and other corporates who get into some sort of distress. Then we have direct to vendor where we can find and negotiate a property deal directly with the owner of that property, be they the homeowner or a landlord investor instead. And of course, 
Finally, we've got deal sources, people who specialize in finding deals, often through using one or more of the above groups themselves. Now, I would imagine that most of us will know that we can locate a property investment by using either a high street agent directly or by searching through one of the major portals such as Rightmove and Zoopla. Equally, however, auctions are held across the country. Some of these properties are also advertised via estate agents and indeed the portals, but by no means all. A company that provides a lot of information on auction property listings is called the EI Group which holds all legal packs online for auction property and also provides a subscription service for all auction property listings. I want to re-emphasize the point though that came up in the conversation with Mark previously and that's as an individual property investor potentially acquiring one or maybe two properties a year we may not actually carry that much weight when dealing with an estate agent. Frankly, there'll be bigger cats out there ahead of us in the queue, ready to pounce on those juicy deals before they become available. Now that does not mean we cannot find good deals via agents and indeed the portals. It's just a case of recognizing our standing should this be the case. We can, however, improve our standing with an estate agent in a number of ways. First, estate agents and indeed letting agents are also people. <laughs> Yes, they may, that may come as something of a shock, but they are uh, also people, just like you and I. And just like you and I, they like to have personal relationships with other people too. So the starting point really is to develop a relationship with the agents in your target investment area. You can do this by visiting their office and, and you know, not just once, but getting to know them a little, you know, and, and they you equally. And be as professional and as, as well as being personal. We can do this by being clear on what we are looking for. So not just anything goes, have you got any good good deals that you'd like to pass over to me? But, you know, be specific on the type of property. Is it a two-bedroom flat or three-bedroom semi? What sort of condition? You want it ready to let or do you want a, a project that you can undertake a refurbishment on? And what sort of price range? Is it budget, mid-range or premium? Equally, don't overpromise what you can do but do ensure you carry out on any commitment that you do actually make and you'll be remembered for somebody who delivers on your promises and trust me, not that many people do. And don't forget that in addition to sales results, estate agents are sometimes measured on viewings and offers received as well. So you can actually win over a few brownie points just by helping an agent to increase their, their other KPIs and scores as well. And finally, be clear on your buying position and have proof of funds in place and uh, proof of financial approval status as well, ready to share and show that you are a serious buyer. And when it comes to auctions, always, always, and I repeat, always read the legal pack for an auction property. Properties are usually in an auction for a reason and our job is therefore to establish what that reason is and then calculate whether or not we can live with it. Sometimes the full legal pack is not available until just before the auction, so be warned about that. Do a viewing. You'll get a lot more insight into the property and the area once you go and look at it. Equally, in the auction room, set your maximum bid and stick to it. Sit on your hands if you need to. Ideally, do not bid by proxy, as the auctioneer will probably just ensure the bidding reaches your maximum bid on your behalf in any case. Don't forget, they are skilled at ensuring the best prices achieved for a property on the day. 
And don't let emotion get in the way. And don't get competitive in the room either. Our caveman and inner cavewoman instincts are very hard to shake off. Always take your ID and finances in place. And remember, when the hammer falls, that is when exchange of contracts take place. So you're obliged to complete regardless. You will actually have to pay any deposits and fees immediately at that point in time in the room and arrange for uh, completion of the, of the funds within a very short period of time. This can be as short as 21 days in some cases, so do arrange to have the appropriate finance in place or use a fast financing method such as cash or bridging finance instead. Now moving on and returning to the property portals, we mentioned that the bigger ones such as Rightmove and Zoopla will collect property listings from most estate agents, uh, sorry, estate agents and indeed auction listings. Now some of these will still be listed via auction or an agent but not all. Indeed some portals are aggregators of listings such as the EI group for auction listings in the UK that I mentioned earlier. Then we have sites such as Renovate Alerts, Repo List, Property to Renovate and White Hot Properties, which focuses on collecting together more investment orientated property, uh, properties such as repossessions, auction listings and refurbishment properties. There's a couple of smaller portals such as Home.co.uk and MousePrice, but many of these properties will also be available on the main portals as well, but not necessarily all. And finally, there are a number of newer DIY property listing sites, uh, sales sites available now, such as Easy Property, Trepillo, eMove, Hatched, and The House Shop, among others, uh, where homeowners can list a property for sale without using an estate agent. And in fact, I've even noticed now that on Property 118, uh, investor landlords can advertise property for sale which is currently let. So there's a lot of sort of micro sites or niche sites cropping up where property can be available for sale, which is outside of the general uh, portals. So we're hunting in the 10% range here, but that's where we're possibly, possibly going to find better opportunities, I would suggest as well. Now, some of these listings might also appeal in the main in the main portals, but not necessarily all. Um, but they are, you know, these DIY sites in particular, and uh, the property one one eight letting or already let properties. They're going to be good opportunities for gaining direct uh, to vendor uh, opportunities uh, and access to them as well. So keep that in mind. Now, with regard to dealing with the various types of administrator mentioned, this is a specialist and niche area, and so one which requires special skills and often contacts to succeed. The main administrators to get involved with property sales would be probate solicitors, asset management companies, and insolvency practitioners. Although many of these will ultimately use the services of one of the other channels like estate agents, auctions, and so on. The key here, though, as as with anybody, you know, they're people, and the key is to build a relationship, and then try to access opportunities early and or off market as well. Now, I would suggest that anyone looking to access investment property through this channel of administrators on any regular basis, either you know, gets educated or trained in how to do so, or alternatively, they use a deal sourcer to access them instead. And after all, you'll probably be competing with other deal sources in, in any case. And then we have the direct to vendor 
uh, route to market. And it's another niche area as there are often not thousands of property owners that will sell or pass over control of their property without using a traditional agent. However, some may. For example, if they wanted a discrete sale, they didn't want people to know about it, or they needed to move very quickly for some reason. Or maybe they want to do a DIY sale, for example, and that might mean keeping costs down. Equally, certain structures, such as lease options, won't be suitable to be marketed via traditional estate agency routes. Typical ways of getting access directly to a vendor are going to be the DIY sales listings that I mentioned earlier. Room rental listings like Gumtree and Spare Room, and you can access investors, investor landlords as well as homeowners through those channels. Letting agents and property networking meetings are going to be suitable for accessing already let property or investment property. Then a range of approaches uh, marketing directly to the vendor uh, are going to find, find these, uh, these vendors looking to sell such as leafleting, direct mail, local signs, newspaper ads and online sell your house fast websites for example. But given the specialism of finding, structuring and then negotiating with a vendor directly, I would highly recommend getting some form of, uh, of education or training in this regard. I would also suggest that anyone dealing directly with a vendor is aware of certain legislation that seeks to protect certain vulnerable owner-occupiers, such as uh, sale and rent-back legislation and indeed equity release as two specific areas that come to mind. And finally, with regard to deal sources, we covered a lot of this ground in the conversation with Mark previously. However, with uh, auction property and property via administrator, there is often a reason for a deal to go through a deal sourcer rather than the estate agents and the portals. And that reason could simply be speed of sale or structure, such as a lease option, for example. However, it could, could be for other less obvious reasons, such as structural problems, poor areas, or at the worst extreme, fraud. So always undertake your own full due diligence on both the sourcer and indeed the property concerned. Finally, as a word of caution, some lenders will not lend on properties that are not marketed on the open market via a traditional estate agent or DIY house sale site. So ensure you understand this when arranging your finances because it could uh, trip you up at the last minute. Now, many of the steps I've outlined would capture property purchases. However, let us not forget that there are other ways to acquire a property, as I previously mentioned. Whilst in many cases we will actually buy an investment property to form part of our investment portfolio or property business if we're selling it on, we could acquire control of a property without actually buying it as well. Now here are just some of the alternative ways in which we can acquire property, generally speaking. We can indeed buy it. There are on-market and off-market routes to buying investment property, and we can buy it directly or via an intermediary or agent of some description as well. Whichever route we take, we will end up owning the property in one way or another. However, we could also acquire a property or land through an option agreement instead. Here we will not buy the property, well not least initially. We will however secure an option to purchase it at some stage in the future by paying the option fee, or the, uh, we'll secure it by paying the option fee and then the purchase price later. 
And we may do this with a view to gaining value by the time the option date comes around. For example, by getting planning permission, by adding value to the property, or simply by waiting for the market cycle to lift the value over time. Another way to acquire property is via some form of lease, management agreement, or other subletting type of structure. Rent to rent and variations of this strategy is one such example here, where we reach an agreement with the property owner to use their property for a period of time in return for paying them some form of regular payment. And we make our margin on the difference between what we get in and what we pay out. An assisted sale may mean that we, we do not acquire a property using any of the above routes at all and instead we have an agreement to participate in the sale proceeds or profits based on another type of agreement structure. It could be a commission or a profit share arrangement with the owner for example. Delayed completion and instalment contracts are where we do still buy the property however here we use a legal structure to either delay or spread the payments in some way over time. Again, this is a very specialist area and requires technical skill as well as a good support team, especially a solicitor with knowledge of these structures. And there could be certain implications such as when stamp duty is payable as well, so it's worth investigating further if we're considering any of those types of options. Now we have lease option, uh, sorry not lease option, <laughs> I'm going to contrast it with lease option. We have lease purchase and vendor finance which are similar to lease options but instead of some kind of rental payment over time and a purchase option to, uh, a purchase payment rather at the end to acquire the property, here the property is actually bought in stage payments over time. It's a little bit like an instalment contract. The advantages though of this type of arrangement is that often the purchase price reduces as each instalment is paid and that means more equity is built into the property as time goes by. However yet another specialist area that requires a lot more investigation, education, advice and support before venturing in too far. But if you stick around around the next few weeks I'll probably do some form of update and uh, I'm actually looking at uh, a lease purchase arrangement myself at the moment so uh, maybe I'll, I'll share some of, uh, some of what I've been doing as well in that respect late, in a later episode. And finally I guess just for the purposes of this discussion joint ventures are where we can sometimes collaborate with other investors to participate in the property or the proceeds of an investment property in one way or another with or without owning it via some kind of joint venture agreement. So for example one party could bring in money and another one skills, contacts, experience and so on. The parties can protect themselves via joint venture agreements, declarations or deeds of trust, restrictions on title, legal charges and so on. There's lots of ways to potentially structure a joint venture agreement which goes well beyond the scope of today's discussion but I just wanted to share that that's another alternative way of potentially <coughs> acquiring property or gaining access to investment property. So as we can see, when it comes to getting involved in investment property, there are many ways to acquire an investment property. We can buy it, or we can use alternative or creative ways to participate in property investments as well. And as with all aspects of property investing, there is more to it than meets the eye. And so I highly suggest taking steps to both educate and indeed protect ourselves through undertaking thorough due diligence first. But I will leave you this thought. How much more could you achieve in your property investing exploits if you could access and leverage some of the other methods of acquiring property investment that we've discussed today?
I'll leave it there for now. But next time, we should be looking at financing our property investments. Up next is your voice. It's all about you and your property world. Now, we've not shared a five-star review on the podcast for a little while now, so I think it's high time that we did that again, I think. (laughs) Don't you? Yes, I'm sure you do. So today's um, review comes from Tonks1984, and uh, he gives a five-star review and says, Excellent Property Podcast. Fantastic new property podcast, which has a fresh and interesting format. Richard does an excellent job of delivering good quality content throughout. Highly recommended if you have any interest in property. Well, thank you very much for that very kind review, Tonks1984. I really do appreciate it very much. And I have noticed a few more reviews landing in iTunes of late, and and these really do help me to promote the show, I have to say. So my big ask, my really big ask of you this week is to please consider a podcast review in iTunes if you've not already done so. And indeed, for all new reviews that are received in January 2016, just in case you listen to this in 2017 or beyond, I would like to say a big thank you by sending you a sample chapter from my my forthcoming book, which is all about financing your property investments creatively. All we have to do is email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, with a note um, pointing to your iTunes review, and I'll let you have a sample book chapter with my compliments. I can't be any fairer than that now, can I? So uh, what are you waiting for? Before the end of January, please venture forth into iTunes and leave a review. I know it can be a little bit of a hassle working your way through it, and I shouldn't be saying that right now, but persevere, and it'd be great to see more reviews landing because it helps us spread the word. Thank you. And now, where you can go for more great resources with a shout-out. Now, if you're in any way into self-development and personal growth, then today's shout out is absolutely awesome. (laughs) I've never seen anything like this in my life before. Now that's quite a build-up, isn't it? So what is it then? Well, it's a collection of over 300 mind maps that pulls together all of the elements of self-development and personal growth psychology in one place. In fact, there's also a master mind map to give a consolidated view of all of those 300 areas. It's well worth spending just the 30 minutes watching the online video that works you through this master uh, master mind map, um, I would say, as well. But not only that, there's a blog and a whole range of other resources that pulls together all of the elements you could ever wish for when looking at personal growth and development to take you right through it. It's, it's a monster, really. Oh, and by the way, I should mention where it is, shouldn't I? Yeah, <laughs> it's, from a, it's from a website called IQ Matrix. And what appears to be, it's rather humble Aussie founder, and I'm hoping I'm going to get his name right, Adam Sijinsky. I think it's Sijinsky. Sisinski? I'm not sure. Sorry, Adam, I might have got your name wrong, but you won't, you won't forget IQ Matrix. Um, now, I discovered this over the, over the Christmas break, and I've been having a little play with the mind maps and some of the other resources on and off since then. But uh, go ahead, check it out for yourself. I doubt you'll have seen anything else quite like it in the area of self-development. And uh, it must have taken him a very long time, is all I can say, to pull this all together. He mentioned years, and I'm sure it has taken several years to pull it all together. So on that major big up of a shout-out resource, we bring another week on the Property Voice podcast to a close. So join me next time as we look into financing our investment properties a little more closely in this, se- in this subsection of the series looking at the investment property lifecycle.
But do, by all means, drop me an email personally to podcast at thepropertyvoice.net if you just want to start a conversation. And don't forget to get that iTunes review done in January and claim your free book um, chapter sample um, as well, will you? And uh, meanwhile, the show notes will be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. Well, thank you very much for listening to me once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.